Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class John Valentine. Welcome to the Veterans Be Real podcast. Here's where we try to keep it real and do our best to help all our fellow veterans out there. This podcast will hopefully open our veterans' eyes into the transition and challenges they are facing and give them some guidance along the way. Please subscribe and download our podcast. We look forward to you, your insight, and your loyalty. Thanks for listening. And now, here's Veterans Be Real. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to all my veteran real listeners out there. Sergeant John Valentine here today. Listen, today is kind of special, guy. I got a friend of mine I've known for years. This guy has a huge amount of veteran community out there. He's he is an advocate for veterans. I mean, he is the man when it comes to you know looking for veterans and making sure none of us are getting taken advantage of and that kind of thing. His name is Boone Cutler. Some of you might know some of you might listen to the show, the tip point and all stuff out there. So Boone, I can't thank you for being on the show, brother, but the floor is yours, my friend. Thank you, brother. And I think this is a good thing because we need to be reminded that transition is continuing to happen. You know, a lot of guys who got out, you know, five, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when the deployment rate was just going crazy and the VA was just dragging ass. And, you know, we dealt with a lot of stuff. We fought through a lot of stuff at that time. But we, we got to remember that guys are still coming out. You know, we still need to be talking about transition. We still need to be talking as elders now, you know, hey, how does this game work? And how do we get past it? How do we get through it with the least amount of casualties involved? Because there's an attrition rate, you know, I mean, getting prepared, you know, getting out of the military, in some ways you have to prepare at least mentally, just as hard as you do when you're going in the military. And just like when you hit basic training, you, you may feel like, Hey, I wasn't, I didn't quite sign on for all this stuff. And I didn't realize this was going to happen. And, and that's a surprise. And, you know, you just get a whole bunch of these, these new situations to get thrown at you. But the difference is when you're in basic training or when you join the military, you're in boot camp, whatever, you've got someone giving you these new situations, but also telling you how to negotiate, how to navigate the situations, which we don't have on the civilian side when we get on this side of the wire. And that creates a lot of problems because we're fine with challenges, but the military is built on a mentorship type of platform. You're always learning from someone. You're always teaching from someone. It's a constant give and take while you're proving yourself. The civilian world, that mentorship side is just not there. There's nobody to teach. There's nobody to teach you. And you got to find all the answers for yourself. Not the easiest thing to go through when you're used to a totally different paradigm. And the other thing that's a total, can I cuss on here? Yeah, man, say it. Okay. It's a total mind fuck is that, you know, you feel like you're a capable human being. You do some amazing things, you know I mean? You jumped out of airplanes and ran 2,000 miles and rucked with a 400-pound, you know, rucksacks, you know, all this kind of crazy stuff that I'm exaggerating, obviously. But in the military, you do these things and you do rough stuff and you feel like a capable human being. You think, well, hey, civilian world, what's the big deal? You know, I, I got nobody breathing down my neck. I don't have to, I don't have to wreck my body. God, I get to sleep in until seven. That's crazy. You know, I mean, you think it's going to be the easiest thing in the world for you. And then you get there and you find out I'm kind of clueless. And that jacks with your brain. And it jacks with your brain even more when you realize that there are some people in this world that are just totally against veterans and they don't really say it. And then you run into them. And then all of a sudden they find out you got a combat deployment. They don't want to hire you for a job or they don't want to let you into a certain apartment building you're trying to get into. Or you, no, or you got PTSD and they won't give you this. I had this thing. I applied to be a staper. And they did it directly that I didn't get it because of PTSD, but I knew it because when they asked me directly in the board meeting, and they asked me flat out, I told them flat out the truth. Yes, but it wasn't because of the combat. It was because of the aftermath. We still did. And I got it later on saying we didn't tell them. I'm like, dude, I had the high wars and all the tests. What the fuck are you talking about? But yeah, I mean, it basically didn't hire me because I had PTSD. So, you know, that feeling. Some people look at you like you're a liability. And on the other side, there's some folks that are really amazing and that want to be want to be that person that you can use as a mentor and that want to show you things, but you got to find those people and you got to figure that part out. And I think that's the biggest thing. When I left Walter Reed in 2008 and I'd been in the hospital for two years, you know, let's, let's not forget about the guys that are coming out of hospitals and out of med holds and 
or warrior transition units, as they call them now. Let's not forget about those guys, because when you're coming off of that situation, you still are dealing with the VA transitioned into the VA from the active duty military, military medical. Not an easy thing. You're probably dealing with a with a host of different medications, possibly they've given you that you still got to get used to. Now you're getting used to a new environment on medication with injuries and trying to figure it out. So that was the situation I was in. And if it wasn't for a really good employer, I was blessed enough to have a guy who called me literally out of the blue that I had worked in the previous years during a break in service. He found out I was in the hospital and he called me and said, Hey, I want to offer you a job. That was the only way I was getting a job because I could not function at all at that time. It was not good. So, you know, I was really blessed on that. Then comes the situation of dealing with a new work environment because the work environment is definitely it's it's a different game. So if you're dealing with all these things at once, you know, it becomes overwhelming. And then you get the next guy. And the next guy is the guy who's like, woohoo, I'm out of here. And then they get off the active duty. They sleep until 10 o'clock every day. And, you know, they're up all night drinking monsters, playing video games, eating pizza, and then washing it down with a beer every now and then. Well, at about 10 months, when they're two months away from that year anniversary, then they hit the red zone. It's like, what am I doing with my life? What, what's happening? I can't figure this out and not exactly sure how to start. And then that's when that identity crisis hits. Because we do. When we come out of the military, nobody wants to call it what it is. But the truth of the matter is, it's an identity crisis. Because that uniform becomes your identity. When you take it off, you feel like you've lost your identity and you have to rebuild that. And nobody knows exactly what that's like until you go through it. It's very hard to explain. It's kind of like you don't belong in your own skin anymore. Everything is foreign to you. Nothing fits. Uh, There's a lot of depression involved. And now now comes in with the suicidal ideation and the anger and the things like that. And these are the things we all have to negotiate when we're coming out of the military. And if you don't have to negotiate those things, you must have one hell of a uh, support system, which most people don't have. You know, it's, it's usually the guys that have the roughest time that are between that are like E6 and below. Because they don't have an actual retirement. They might have some medical. They, they aren't officers where they have degrees they can fall back on. They didn't do their 20 years like other guys that they would be eligible for different benefits. And they could just kind of lay back at the house if they got enough retirement coming in. So those guys that are E6 and below getting out that have been in for eight years and less, those guys, you know, it's a grind. It's a real grind. And I find that the best way to get through is to make sure you're battle buddied up and you always got a mission in front of you because those are the two things that keep us going. And those are the basics. That's what we can do. That's true, man. I mean, and I'm a big believer because like you said, I got 20 years in. So I had a little more of a security thing. I already had some network stuff. But you're right, like the identity thing. Like we all put our uniforms on. So when I walked into a room, a uniform on, I had my badge, my tab, my rank. It gave you an idea before anybody even said a word to you. Nobody going to talk to me when I walk. Hey, sorry, first class Valentine, yada, yada, boom, boom. Shit, there's first arm, there's first arm, whatever. So you had that kind of aura about you. When you're out in the civilian world, you're wearing a shirt and tie. No one knows who you are until you start opening your mouth and talking or doing whatever. They introduce you as who you are. So, oh, yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. It's a whole world. It's like I told you earlier. It took me about eight or 10 years to get kind of get my feet under me now that I'm a civilian. I don't have that identity. I can't lean back on. I mean, I still got soldiers that call on Valentine and stuff because they still know me from that point. That's not how I introduce myself anymore. Just, you know, I introduce myself as me and I go and I tell my businesses that I'm running and things I'm doing and trying to network. And, you know, I had to learn a whole other life. I didn't network in the army. I just walked into a room and my rank told everybody, you know, what my makeup was about. Now I walk in a room, people got to know what I do. They got to know what about, why I do what I do. And they want all this information. They want a whole bunch of data. And it's a very uh, time consuming lifestyle now. <laughs> I guess yeah, and, and that's the other thing that's interesting in the military. If you want to impress someone, maybe you're trying to parlay to get into a higher position, or you just get to a new unit and you want to you want to make your mark. You're always going to be talking about what you can do because everybody knows what you've already done. You're wearing it on your uniform. Your uniform is your resume most of the time. You know, a dress uniform is definitely your resume. It's got everything on there you've done. Otherwise, you know, you get there and the, your first sergeant, your new unit commander, you know, looks at your file and goes, okay, that's it. That's your resume. They don't want to hear about all the stuff you've done because they know all about it. It's not anything unique to them. 
And but what they do want to know is, hey, what can you do now? What are you going to do? How how much of a hard charger are you? Well, you get into the civilian world, and they always want to talk about what you did, and they always want to talk about what you did, but yet they don't understand any of it. So now you're now that just that in and of itself can throw you off your game and, and make you feel like these dumb motherfuckers want to know about me, but they they don't know shit anyway. I mean, there's no way they could ever understand. Again, the identity crisis. There's nothing relatable, and then they don't want to hear about all the things you can do and how you're going to be a hard charger because you start pulling that move in a lot of business environments. And it's like, oh, this guy's going to stir too much stuff up. You know, we like to come in nine, leave at five. This guy's talking about pulling twelve hour days and you know, working on weekends. And we just don't need that kind of trouble around. And now here. you're a threat to them. So now they're going to try to alienate you and get you out of there. So yeah, they're going to get rid of you. Yeah. yeah it's a totally different environment. I, I always like to say, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way. It's just, I'm speaking to my community and they, they understand what it means when I say it. Other people won't. In the military, the rule is don't fuck your buddy. In the civilian world, the rule is don't let your buddy fuck you. Pretty much. Pretty That's much. the rule. Yeah. That's the rule. Yeah, you got to watch your back. I mean, it's like you got to have a battle buddy. Better really have your back because when you turn and move that room, because I worked in the hospital and I was making good money, but, but I was a threat to my boss and the people around me because they all, holy shit, this guy's a million dollar contract for this money. No one in companies have done that. Like my boss was petrified. He's like, oh shit, you're going to get my job because you just brought a million dollar contract from food and blah, 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 blah. Uh, how'd you get it? I said, well, I went and fucking did my job. I went out of my so immediately became a threat and got happened. Two months later, I let go. And I didn't do anything yeah. wrong. Just let me say, hey, man, your PTS work. Not anymore. I go, okay. You know, I, and of course, I just left because I didn't give a shit. But the point is, I became a threat because I was going and spending extra time and I was doing what I had to do to get that contract. I got I gave them a lot of money. But then I was like, oh, I got these initially from the CEO. He was sad. He gave me a raise. He jumped like almost 10, 20,000 a year. But then because of that, my boss like, holy shit, I'm shit. I'm going to make 5000 You're making 75000 You're about to take my job. So I got to get rid of you. So he started all the shit that no one could accomplish, even though I copied some of it. And I was like, damn. But see, that's your saying. They were out to get me once I showed that it was a, I could be a threat to their position or a threat to their environment. They'll get rid of you, man. They don't have any, they have no heartache of doing it either. They don't even look back at my money, whatever. And it's not like in the military. It's not the same. It's just crazy. So all you guys out there listening, if you're active duty round, I know Boone and I talked about it. You better start building out a plan. You better start talking to kind of people who've got out your battle bodies that got a couple of months before you or whatever. You better start building a plan on how you're going to attack this new lifestyle you're going to be living because it's a new lifestyle you're living, a new life. It's a new lifestyle. And it's a whole other avenue that you're walking down. It's a whole nother. No one's what acronyms you're using when you say AO or O or whatever. You battle buddy. They don't know what that means in the civilian sector. You explain it to them. You got to get ready, guys. And Boone is an example. Example two, Boone advocates for so many veteran organizations and does so much for our veteran community. That's why I mean, I know Boone for years. We worked together a couple of years doing some stuff, and he's doing out there. He does a, just a Spartan pledge. He talks about us and PTSD and suicide idea, all shit, man. I mean, Boone has got a big plate full of crap he does, right? I have a big pull of stuff I do, a plate full of stuff I do too. But the point is, I reach out to say, hey, man, I'm doing this podcast. I really like you on because I know you've got some influence out there. You got a lot of followers. You got people so people see this. And veterans might be struggling right now that you didn't know about some transition stuff. Maybe they're going through, they just got out. Now they're going to have all these episodes I'm doing are going to be able to hear about some different things. Other guys tell me they've been, they've been homeless for a while. They got on drugs for a little while. They all, I'm everywhere you can think of pretty much had on this show. And I brought Boone on this late in the game because I brought him on to kind of encapsulate all that to show you that no matter what you do, something's going to happen to you through this transition. Something's going to happen. I have that moment where your body goes, oh, it. I'm 10 months into this and I'm not doing nothing yet. What, what do I now? Or you already got into the drug drop for something, some kind of from not having a leader calling you, you not having all things are gone. Come tell you guys, the army, the military cut you off cold fucking turkey. Like literally, the day I got out, my phone literally stopped ringing. It used to ring all day. People call me, whatever. The minute I got out, I was forgotten. If the phone stopped ringing, it was done. I was like, whoa, this is serious. Like my whole life's fucking changed completely. It is, guys. And Boone and I can tell you from experience. Like Boone went through some medical shit. He's getting out. He got he was a psychops guy, but he did all kind of crazy shit in the arm. But then he got hurt and getting out. And, and I worked at MTU, so I know exactly. I was a platoon on a WG for the Purple Heart Fort Hood. I had seventy two guys in my platoon that were all Purple Heart recipients from Afghanistan or Iraq or whatever. And I was helping these guys prepare to med board out because of those guys were there's only I think out of the fifty two, I think I had five that were able to stay in. The other sixty whatever had to get out because their medical condition too bad. They were too broke. Too shot up, too blown up, whatever. And prepare those guys, it was heart wrenching to me because 
they were already having mental and physical challenges as it was as a soldier. And now to put them out as a civilian, they're going to have all those challenges, no support behind them. Like the VA, Boone said earlier, so overwhelmed back in the 2000s, early, mid, mid 2000s. They were just overwhelmed. They couldn't handle all the people coming because the guys were boarded out like crazy. So just think about building a plan. And I will tell you this, build a plan to stay in and a plan to get out. Because you might change my last minute and say, shit, I'm reenlisted. Fuck it. Because this should be too hard. And you should plan too. Like, make sure reenlisted knows that, hey, I might come to you like it. <laughs> or you got a plan to get out. So, I mean, Boone's talked about it. It's going to be hard, you think, guys. It's just this patient. And now we've got additional challenges, right? I mean, uh, there's issues with COVID, you know, that, that makes it different for hiring. There's there's obviously civil unrest happening right now. And and that's a whole different game, which in some ways might work in our benefit because people want to have veterans around when there's stuff like this going on. Yeah, sure, yeah. It, you know, PTSD becomes a requirement for the jobs. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, come here, it doesn't speak. Come back. It's ridiculous how things change and, and how you have to get used to them. I will say that, you know, we got to start moving here into the conversation about what we can do, where we can empower each other. And this is what I can say. A good friend of mine named Corey, he was getting ready to get out, out of the military, and he did something I hadn't heard anybody even think about doing. He went on LinkedIn, and on LinkedIn, he started networking. So guys out there, if you're not tech savvy, get tech savvy. It's just a mission requirement. There's no, no bitching about it. You must do it. It is a mission requirement. It's a mission imperative. It's like you need to know how to shoot your weapon. You need to know how to enter a building. All the kind of stuff that you learn in the military, that's fine and dandy. That's great. Don't lose those skills. But now add to them because now you have a new mission requirement, and that is you have to learn how to find people that can help you, period, in the story. Find people that can help you. Remember what I just said. Find people that can help you. And the way, the fastest way to meet the most amount of people, the fastest, is through uh, networking through social media. And a good platform for, you know, everybody's pretty much used to Facebook right now. But when you're talking about a, a professional platform, you're talking about LinkedIn. So you want to get on LinkedIn and search those keywords and find people that are just like you in your area. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with hitting them up cold and just saying, hey, bro, I'm leaving Fort Hood like two months and I'm not really sure, but you know, I do need to get a job and I know we don't know each other, but I see that you served in the same unit I did. So can we have a conversation? Can we go get a cup of coffee? Can I buy you a beer? You know, these are things, these relationship builders, the establishing rapport with people you don't know is so huge. You honestly cannot, you can't put a price on how valuable it is because that is the way you are going to get through this period of the story. If you think you're going to get through this by looking at, you know, monster.com and searching out different jobs and okay, I'm going to go to this one and send my resume here and send my other jacked up resume there. You know what? Good luck to you. You're going to do about 50 times as much work and it's going to be about half as effective than just finding people like you and asking them, what the fuck did you do? Because I don't know. Hey, listen, guys, it is dead. I actually got a LinkedIn expert that's going to be on the show here in a couple of weeks. And he's going to talk to you guys about networking on how to reach out properly, how to reach out professionally and teach you the kind of civilian proper way to kind of, even if he's an ex-military He's still anticipating you reaching out to him a certain way so that he knows that, hey, you just need some assistance. Because, look, I've done it exactly what I reached out to a buddy of mine on LinkedIn and said, hey, man, I'm getting out. What do I do? Can we go have lunch? Come down. Yeah, man, come on down. And we talk. And guess what? He introduced me to four or five other people on LinkedIn. And, and, and all of a sudden, man, my network got huge. And, it, and us soldiers, we in, in the military branch, they'll say whatever. We don't network like that. We worry about who's in our unit, who's in our platoon, who's in our section, who's in our whatever. That we focus on that little itty bitty entity because that's our world. Because if we war, that people are going to get us home, get home, get us home safe, get us back. But in the civilian sector, you got to know people. Right now, I have people call me to connect to people that they don't know because you know I know them because my network is vast. I got like over 900 on LinkedIn. I got over 5,000 plus on Facebook for a while. I, I eliminated a lot of that now, but I, my Facebook's out of control. But LinkedIn, because most people in there are busy, and they reach out to you. I have hundreds of people a week reach out to me on LinkedIn. Hey, John, I see what you're doing. I'd like to talk to you a little bit. All right, yeah, sure, I can call, because I don't know how, what value that person has until I talk to them. And they might be a veteran, and they might not be a veteran, but you've got to learn to start networking. And I tell you guys right now, everybody at Fort Hood, if you're listening, get into the chambers of commerce in your area, even if you're not at Fort I don't care where. Get involved with your chamber wherever you live. Say, hey, when are you doing your next year? When are you doing your next whatever? And just go there and introduce yourself. Hey, I'm a soldier. I'm getting ready to get out. I'm looking to stay in the area. I was looking for some, maybe some opportunities for work. You can introduce yourself and make some business cards and start being out there because it's a value 
to build your network. And Boone can tell you, I know Boone's got a huge network too. Boone's a good network, guys. Boone knows a lot of people because he's learned on the civilian side that that strength, your network is your value to people. Your net at the end is your value to people because they know you can help them find other that might be into what they're doing. So your network has value. And on the civilian side, it's probably, in my opinion, it's the most valuable thing I own. I don't care how much I make, whatever. None of that matters. If I know somebody calls me and needs something, I can get them in touch with Boone. Like if I told me about the Spartan play, I know I can reach out to Boone. I can text him or message, hey, Boone, I got a guy, da, da, da. Like, yeah, man, send him my send him my way here, whatever. And then I whoop, here you go. Now, you also got to learn a proper way to network. And that is you don't just hand out people's information. You reach out to those people from an inner, kind of do the introduction first to see how their, their comfort zone is. One thing to do it on your own. But if like, if like for instance, if somebody needs to reach out to Boone, I'm not going to just say, here's Boone's head information or here's his cell phone. No, I'm going to reach out. Hey, man, I got this guy. You call him. We have to, all right, here's his number. You call him when you get a minute or you message in a minute because that's showing respect to the, you don't want to disrespect the network. <laughs> that's what I learned no. the hard way in the beginning. <laughs> no, and as a matter of fact, it's the opposite. You have to take responsibility for someone's network because I had a recent situation. It was a business situation because people want to reach to me sometimes for business opportunities because I have a reach because I can talk to the veteran community. And they want to use me for that. And I have no problem being usable and none at all because that's where my value is and that's how I can, I can monitor. So I'm okay with that. So I, I have, it takes a network to beat a network. And so you got to have a network. When I had a situation where this person says, hey, can you, they want to do some business with me. And they say, you know, we need to, we need to fund this project and this project is going to be from veterans and, and this is the widget that we're going to be selling, so on and so forth. And I said, yeah, okay, no problem. I can make some introductions. So this person who's a non-veteran, I said, I had to introduce them to another non-veteran, but I said, okay, we're going to get on the phone and we're going to have a good conversation. And it was just an introduction. It was about, okay, what have you got going? What do you need? And how do we, and I'm the, I'm the veteran piece. How do we, I'm bringing money to a sort, to a, to an entity so we can bring something to the veteran community. So I'm kind of in the middle because the veteran community needs this product, but it has to be financed. And so I'm trying to make the whole thing work. So long story short, I and the product person was a total asshole and that was the end of the deal right there because if I can't bring you people in my network and then be respected well then I can't reach out to my network again or that person my network again for something else down the road so you just blew my load for no goddamn reason because you're an asshole so the person with the product was a total asshole. And that was the end of the deal. No longer work with that person. Have nothing to do with them. I, we're not going to sit down and have a conversation about etiquette because this person is a PhD. They know etiquette. They know right from wrong. But they weren't respecting my network. And so they can't have access to it. And it is about respect. You know, when I make introductions, say I'm going to introduce someone to you from someone else. It's going to be like, hey, Valentine, I want you to meet this guy, Jimmy. Jimmy is involved in, you know, distribution of podcasts. And he's interested in what you got going on. You're like, okay, great. I want to meet him. When I make the introduction, I get the buy-in from both sides. Yes, I want to meet. Yes, I want to meet. And then I set up a text thread. And I say, Valentine, this is Jimmy. Jimmy Martin is blah, 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 blah with this. You know, I hope you have, and then I'll say, Jimmy, this is Valentine. You know, I saw first class Valentine. I hope that, uh, you know, he, he has a great podcast. Please have a good conversation. I vouch for you both. Mm-hmm. And that way there's a nice handoff. And also you're setting the tone with anybody coming in that, hey, we do this respectfully. It's not, we don't throw people's information around. We do this respectfully because it is that network that you stand upon. And so guys, you got to start building that and you don't realize it, but you've been doing it the whole time you've been in the military, except instead of working, you know, trying to meet people on LinkedIn, you were sitting in the chow hall looking at somebody with a new fancy watch going, Hey, I like that watch. And then, you know, you have something in common and you build a relationship around something insignificant, but it becomes a friendship. You know, it could be gear in the field. It's like, hey, man, you got that new pack, a Carafu pack. That's awesome. You know, it's like, yeah, I got it you know, from here. How much did that cost? You know, okay, so you found a common ground and built out from there. It's the same thing in the civilian world. You're going to find people on LinkedIn that have a common ground, whether, say, they were from the CAV or they were airborne, they were a ranger, they were SF, or they were in medical. You find those people with that common ground, start the conversation, and then you build out. You've been doing the same thing forever. You just don't realize what you've been doing. And now this is the way you do it on this platform.
And it is, it's it, instrumental in your success because to see, that's the thing, like Boone knows I'm not going to do something to him. I'm, I'm not sending somebody his way without me vetting them for you sure they're straight. And then I'm going to reach out to Boone before I even do it and say, hey, Boone, you cool talking to this guy? And then Boone's like, yeah, man, I'll talk to myself. I'll do the same type of thing. You start a thread. Hey, Boone, this is Joe. Joe, this is Boone. Hey, hey, both are great people. You've been network for a while. You know, if you guys can work with each other, help. good luck. Boom. And then I get out of the thread and let you guys do it. I mean, it's kind of like back in the day when you were staff duty, right? And someone calls in, hey, I need it's first sergeant. Okay, well, give me your number because I'm not giving you his phone number. I'll call first sergeant, tell him all you, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's you're protecting your network, but also showing respect to network and you're showing that nobody's going to abuse them, all that other stuff. So that, and my LinkedIn expert's going to talk big time about that kind of stuff anyway to kind of lead you guys in. But Boone is right. Because I'm going to be talking to this episode's over and I'm going to be talking about something that just came up my way that I want to see if he's interested in. So, we're going to talk about it before I introduce him to the guy I'm talking to. So that way he can build it out in the right way. We also, there's also the opportunity to build things out the correct way and not half-ass and not half halfway. You're building it out. It has an opportunity to be successful, whether it's just a relation and or if it's a business transaction. And Boone gave you the perfect example. You know what I'm saying? When he said that example, it was perfect. perfect example. So there's a lot we could talk. I mean, me, I could talk to Boone for hours. You know what I'm saying? Because Boone and I have a lot of stuff in common. We do. But. What he's trying to tell you guys and what I'm trying to tell you, what I'm trying to do with this podcast is make sure all of you getting ready to transition understand there's more to it than, than just not being in the Army anymore, not being in the military anymore. There's more than that. Yes, you should be honored that you serve. Yes, you should take care of yourself still. Yes, you should. But you're not in the Army anymore. You're not in the military anymore. You're not wearing that uniform with that identity anymore. You're just Mr. or Mr. or Mrs. And you've got to learn to function in your life that way now. Not Sergeant whoever, or Special whoever, or Major whoever, or Captain whoever. You're Mr. Whoever. You know what I'm saying? And not that you shouldn't be proud of your past and proud of what you've done, but you have to live in the present. After now, you have to learn a new way of, and a new way to survive and, and be successful. Boone is just giving you major examples of, of how you can do that successfully. Uh, and I appreciate remember, that. Yeah, brother. Remember, I mean, everybody can relate to this, you know. I mean, when you were in elementary school, you might have been like the spelling bee champion of the sixth grade, and you're a stud, you know. And then all of a sudden, you go to junior high school or middle school, and they're like, we don't care about that. Yeah, that shit don't, shit don't matter. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, sixth so grade, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's sixth grade stuff. I, you know, big deal. You know, how hard can you throw a throw a, a ball? You know, I mean, they, they just yeah. want to know different things. And, and then, and then all of a sudden, you're in junior high school, and you know, you think you're the bee's knees because you're the most popular guy in high school. You get it in the yearbook there, and it says right there, most popular person. And then you go to high school, and they're like. You know, shut your fucking mouth. You know, I wouldn't give a you're, fuck you're, about you're that. You're a freshman. Shut up and fucking mouth. <laughs> you're just a freshman. We don't give a yeah. shit about that. And then with high, but I mean, you're captain of the football team and everything else, and you show up at basic training, and your drill sergeant's like, I don't give a fuck what you did. You're here now. Okay, it's hey, the listen, same listen, thing. When I got a basic, my dad had sent me a letter like I got drafted by the Baltimore Orioles at a high play baseball. I told my drill sergeant, drill sergeant. I don't give a fuck. You're here now. <laughs> Get outside of formation. I'm like, Roger, Roger, Roger. <laughs> outside I got formation. Like, fuck, I guess it matter what you did in high school. Yeah. Crazy. Again, so, so let's let's make it relatable. It's going to be the same thing when you get off active duty. Yep. You're going to get off active duty, and people are going to be interested in you because you're in the military, and, and they all want to know if you killed people and, you know, if you've seen explosions, and is it really like, you know, generation kill, you know? They want yeah, to know these like things. Xbox. Yeah, but it's they're like not going to – but they're not going to say anything and, and, or maybe they will and they'll be that guy. But for the most part, they don't, you know, the, the, what you achieved in the military, they'll respect it, but they don't really care. You know, they want to know what you can do today. And so it's a different situation, but it's relatable because you've already been through it. You went through it with middle school, you went through it in high school, you went through it in basic training. And even when you get to your unit, you know, you're the new guy in the unit, you PCS to another place. And it's like, you're just the new guy. Fuck off. That's you know? why I love, like, because for, first half's huge at Fort Hood, right? But I got guys, the guys that have come from Fort Bragg, 82nd Airbender, jump. They come here. The motherfuckers don't care if you jump out of an airplane. They only care if you can do the put the patch, let's go. Now you're in first, let's go. You're not part of the second anymore. You're part of first team. Get your shit straight. Get your head right. You're not at 82nd. You're at Fort Hood now. You're now in the Airborne. You're Fort Hood. You're in Armored Division now. You're infantry. Whatever. Get your shit straight. Because it's that simple. In the Army. I came from Walter Reed to come wherever. I don't give a fuck, Walter Reed. So you're the platoon starting out. Get your ass in there and do that. Now. So mentality has to be ready, flexible, because like Boone said, yes. they're going to respect the fact that you were so They're going to take advantage of it when they can, but they really don't care. But they'll take advantage of it if they can, or they'll use it for their advantage if they can. They'll respect that for your event, 
but they don't give a shit way or the other in the, in the, big, in the big scheme of things. And, big- and let me let me tell you guys a big secret. People respect you on the outside based on what you can do for them. Not what you've done, but what you can do for them. How valuable are you to them? Yeah, how, that's how, how you decide. You? That's how they decide how much they respect you. Yeah, and how valuable are you to the company now? Yeah, that's it, man. If you've done for me lately, kind of attitude. You know what I'm saying? It's not. That's all great. We're proud you had a bronze star and a combat medic badge, infantry badge. That's awesome. So what the fuck are you doing for me? How are you making my company better? Our situation better? That's all they care about. And and you can't hold them back for that because that's the life they're in, right? That's their They don't. They respect, but they don't care. What are you doing now? Yeah. And that's part of that identity crisis, too. I mean, I remember the first time I got off active duty, I was that 22-year-old sergeant coming out of the 82nd. And, you know, as a 22-year-old sergeant coming out in, at the 82nd, you get a lot of respect. I mean, you really do. Your shit you don't stink. Yourself. Your shit don't stink. Now it's a, yeah. It's, it stinks now. But yeah, I got off active duty the first time. And, you know, I'm coming from the 82nd. I'm thinking, you know, I can slay dragons and... Yep. You know, whatever. And people were talking to me like they, they you don't realize it because you grow up so fast in the military. You mature so fast because you have so much responsibility. And then you get out and they literally treat you like you're 15. Yep. Like you go to the DMV and you're trying to figure something out and they're like, uh, yes, son. And like, what? You know, people were calling you honey and son. And, you know, just be, they feel like they're belittling the shit out of you. And you're like, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. So there's a little bit of ego, our self ego that we got to get over when we get out of the military. And that's, again, that's that identity crisis. Now there's a great book out there on transition written by Carl Monger. I would highly recommend that there's organizations out there specifically gallant few is a great organization that helps with transition. I think they're fantastic. You can go to gallantfew.org. They've got great information there. You can also find Carl's book. I, I recommend that everybody read that book. I think it's the most down-to-earth thing you can read when it comes to transition. So that's the big plus. Another big plus is, like we said, using LinkedIn. And here's another key nugget. You know, we're talking about that boss of yours that you got basically you let go, you got let go because you, your boss thought you were going to outperform him. When you're in that civilian world, realize this simply a condition of the environment. Don't bitch about it. Don't worry about it. Don't be a rebel about it. It doesn't matter because you still have to negotiate the environment. So in like in your case, I'm guessing right now, if you were to look back, you would have done a lot more partnering with your immediate first line supervisor. Yeah. I always kept it more in the loop. Yeah. I definitely taught him how I was doing. So yeah. I learned some lessons from that. Yeah. And, and you probably would have pinned the credit on him. Yeah, I probably, I probably would have. Hey, it was all him. And without his help, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah, I didn't get Because I, I you know, learned from that experience. Yeah, it was my first time really in that corporate world where, yeah. You're dealing with egos. And you can hate it, but you have to accept it. And yeah. so when you've got that when you've got that, that first-line supervisor that's a little insecure, before you go out and, and start you know, winning the day, you've got to make sure that motherfucker's secure because they will backdoor the hell out of you real quick. Yep. In a heartbeat. You got to let them know that you're on their team. You're here to augment them. And uh, you're not looking to be a superstar. You just want to have a job to go to five days a week. Yep. Not looking to climb the ladder. I mean, you got to play a little bit of the PSYOP game, you know, in some ways. In a lot of ways. You know, you have to establish rapport. You have to find out what your PSYOP objective is. You have to learn how to accomplish the PSYOP objective. If you're going to have supporting PSYOP objectives, you're going to have lines of persuasion. I mean, it's really the game. Yeah, it is. It's big time in the game, man. What Boone just said is real, guys. You got, you got to learn the environment you're in and adjust to it. You got to adapt and overcome every... Like, literally, if I'd have thought about what Boone just thought about for me, if I'd have thought about the future of what I was, I would have probably a- approached that different. Instead of me just trying to go do the best thing for, me, for that company and make that make that deal and make that account, I should have hey, you know, Matt, what do you think I should do? Here's what I'm thinking. What do you... And I should have been clear. I should have done a lot of... And I learned that from it. I mean, it was a hard thing to learn, but what it taught me in the city sector, because see, now I go talk to people. That's kind of my approach. I got to make everybody feel like they're included in everything I'm doing, even though I'm not really looking for their input, really. And that, might, But I make them feel a part of it so that they can take some ownership to it and feel like they're part of it. And then I can move forward with it and become successful with it and then, then, then give them the accolades they need to make them feel. And because like Boone said, I'm stroking an ego to yeah. make sure that relationship and that networking stays strong and not burn. I don't burn any bridges that way. I burn some bridges at the hospital. Because when I left, I left in an angry, angry way, too. I kind of let people know how I felt about it. But I, I wasn't worried about it because I knew I wasn't going to go back to that. But the point is, I 
there's ways I could have done it, done it different better. And if I'd have had some mentoring and or advice from somebody beforehand, I would have probably, right, I probably need to do this a little different. And I probably, yeah. for those guys, probably would be in that job though eventually, but because I would have probably put him up higher and I'd have filled his job. I'd help you get promoted and help me get promoted. Yeah. Because he didn't make sure I got his job when he left. That's yeah. And see, if I'd have known that, understood that, because the military don't work like that. Yeah, you train the guy, but he take your place. You're not the one going to promote that because we don't have that kind of a, you know, we're not up to E4. We, I could, as a first one, I can promote you up to E4, basic corporal. But that, it's all taken away from us. So not sexual way to things when you, especially as a senior leader in the Army, I was, you know, I'm a, I got to go in front of a board that I don't even in front of. They just look at my record. So, I mean, realistically, it should be fair. But we all know that the military military board systems aren't as, aren't as fair because people know people, blah, blah, blah. And there's a human factor in everything. But the point is, those type of things have to be prepared. You have to mentally prepare the lifestyle and the changes you're getting involved in. So think about those things. Definitely make it work for you. And and if you're, you're listening to this or you're watching this right now and you haven't been taking notes, here's what we want you to do. We want you to stop right now, go get pen and paper, start it from the beginning and start taking notes because we've given you some stuff that's very, very important. And you can choose not to do that. That's, a, that's on you. But those who do choose together are going to, to do it are going to get further faster. And those who don't choose to do it are going to be sitting there going, what, what did he say? What, what was that thing? Was, so square yourself away right now. Stop the video. Rewind it. Go get yourself some pencil and paper, pen and paper, and do it again. Start making notes because this is very, very important. In the military, all of it. Now we'll start over again. And something, again, relatable. In the military, you have three types of leadership, delegatory, participative, and directive, right? And in the military, you use a lot of delegation. You use a lot of directing. A lot of times, in other situations, you use participative. What Sergeant First Class Valentine is talking about with his boss, you almost have to use that participative style leadership, which is get the buy-in. You have to get the buy-in from people. In the civilian world, you're constantly campaigning to get the buy-in. Because once you campaign and get the buy-in, now you no longer have to worry about that person as your threat because they're on your team. They're not going to feel threatened by you. So you want to use participative type leadership to get the buy-in. And the challenge for you guys out there is most leaders in the Army don't use that aisle until they give a certain level in leadership because now they're like, me. Hey, I didn't use, use participative until I'm 87. And then, then I come down to my soldiers and kind of get a buy-in. But E5, E6, you're pushing soldiers. You've got expectations. And ex- so you're using more directive and, and delegative if you're doing Participative kind of comes to you as you get more seniorship and you get more men- maturity in you. In you. And, it, and that, that goes earlier in the show. You have to mature fast when you get out. Because they make you mature quick in the Army when you're in because you're going to be like, all this shit's going to get thrown you. You better figure it out. And you can kind of mature really fast. Well, you've got a different style of maturity when you get out. And it's got to be about respecting the other different lanes. And not by rank and not by position, but by who they are and what their, their importance. Because if you earn that, you're hurting yourself. You know what I mean? Like you're burning that, you're hurting yourself big time because that's your reputation in that environment. And let's just be honest. Most of us, when we get out of the military, like Boone went to, Boone, you're in Arizona, right? No, Reno. Reno. That's yeah. right. I know it's Arizona. Reno. But Boone's in Reno. Boone ain't going to leave Reno anytime soon. And I, I live, I, I retired from Fort Hood and I just stayed here because I'm not moving no more. I'm tired of it. Right. So I'm probably going anywhere for a long. So if I burn any bridges now, I'm shooting myself in the foot because this is the environment I live in now. These are the people that know me now. This is the reputation I'm building now. So I am very cognizant of that every day. I'm talking when I go to a chamber meeting, I go to a meeting. I'm, I'm, in a, I'm on a lot of seats and I'm the president of nonprofit council. I sit on a lot of boards in the city and I got to make sure that I'm making sure I'm including everybody and everything that we're doing. <laughs> it's, just, it's almost cool, but. That's the environment we live in now as civilians. It's not like the military. It's so different, guys. It's you, you, you made a, It is scary. You made a, I just want to underline it a little bit. In the military, even when you get in trouble, if it's in your off time, there's somebody standing there with a counseling statement going, this is what you did wrong, this is what you don't do again, and this is how you do it right. Okay? Sign here, concur, don't concur. Okay? Non-concur, don't not, not concur, non-concur. Okay? You've got that. You don't have that on the civilian side. If you run out of milk, and the kid needs milk the next morning and you screwed up your schedule because you're not managing your time properly, I would say is manage your time, you manage your life. You can't manage your life if you're not managing your time, period. It's not going to happen. So you have to manage your time differently and nobody's going to give you a counseling statement to get you back on track if you screw something up. 
So what I like to say is be your own sergeant, be your own NCO, make sure that you have a squad leader in your brain that is, that is checking you, that is squaring you away, that's making sure you know where you need to be, what you need to do, and what uniform you need to be in when you get there. Make sure you understand that you understand the task and purpose, which is what your squad leader is going to always make sure you do. So you have to develop your internal squad leader that keeps you in check. And it's very, very, very important. We talked about that participative leadership style. Well, that's going to be very, very important. But the other reason you want that squad leader keeping you in check is because your reputation is kind of like a credit score. If you don't have a good credit score, you can't go buy a house. If you don't have a good credit score, you're going to pay crazy rates, you know, interest rates to get a car and a buy here, pay here down the street instead of going to, you know, something more credible, which you have a, if you have a rated credit, it's the same way out here. Okay. Especially with social media, everybody knows everybody. I mean, I'm two degrees from anybody I want to get to. It's just the way it is once your network gets so big, but that works the opposite way. Everybody's two degrees from you. And so you've got to keep your reputation clean. You've got to live by that ethos. You've got to do things right. Because once the word gets out, yeah, I've got some people out there who don't like me and fuck them because, you know, it's probably their fault, to be honest with you. And But I don't go out there bad-mouthing them or anything. I just don't work with them anymore. And I'm sure there's some people that don't like me and think I'm a total asshole. That's fine, too. But when you start screwing people over and lying and things like this, you're done. Okay, the world is a small town. Everybody's going to find out about it. So you cannot imagine the value of just keeping yourself credible. And sometimes you're going to make mistakes. Sometimes you're going to get lazy. Sometimes you're going to have a big fuck it sign on your forehead. And that's why you got to have that squad leader that says, not here, not now, score your shit away. Later on, you can have a fucking problem. But right now you got to perform. You've got to have that internal squad leader checking you constantly. So if you have not built that internal squad leader, you need to do that. And now that you've gone back and you've got pen and paper and you're writing this stuff down, you write that down on your paper. It says, build the internal squad leader. Keep yourself in check because you don't have an external squad leader to do it. you got to build it in here. No one, no one is out there looking out for you guys anymore when you get out. No one. They're all for themselves. And it's, it's just the way the world is. You know what I mean? But if you're going to keep yourself in check, keep yourself timeline, make, make sure you're through on things and come and correct to yourself. Because what Boone, like, I'm the same way. I got people I don't either, but like, I'm like, boom, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? Because of it is because of the personal relationship we had or something they did that scarfed me or whatever. But here's the thing my integrity has never been in check. My integrity has ever been questioned. In my honesty, right, right. my honor, all this there. Look, we fucking had an argument. We didn't agree on something. I didn't, I don't bad mouth. I never have gone on social media or any world and bad mouth any human being. You know why? My situation, that human being is over the minute I have that relationship. I don't need to drag it up. I don't need to make a point. I don't need to say nothing bad about them. People will find out about that person anyway because of the person type that they are. Because they're working with me, I'll tell you straight up, because they're a shady motherfucker. Because that's the reason I don't work with them. Because I don't think they're being honest with me or whatever. That I don't work with people like that. Or if they're an asshole, like Boone said earlier, that guy that could just be a douche. You know what I'm saying? All right, well, then I don't want to work with you, bro, because I'm trying to help veterans. And I don't, and I don't mm-hmm. want to make product out there from a douche who's trying to take advantage of people, trying to whatever. So I'm just not going to work with you, bro. I got no problem. Good with you. Peace be with you. You know what I'm saying? But don't call me again because we're done. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to work with you. And I do that. I take my phone. I block them shit or whatever. I drop, drop them off my LinkedIn. And I had to do that a lot. You run into it. You got to know how to handle that too. Because that, like Boone just said, could be detrimental to you if you handle it wrong and you start getting on social media and posting stuff. Like everybody out there's a Facebook account. I'm on you right now. I would not own a Facebook account if I didn't. This is that I need to publicize and do things on social media with. I wouldn't have a personal account at all. Neither would I. It's dangerous. It's more dangerous than it is beneficial in the sense that one go on my Facebook page and saw somebody or something, somebody else could take that wrong and that could turn into a fucking shitstorm so fast. So I don't post. You see my, you go to my Facebook page, you happen to find me, you'll see I make very selective posts if I make any at all. Like today, I one about PTSD. I suffer from it. I have friends out there that know that I'm there for they need me. So that was the whole point of the post was, was like, you need me, call me, bro. I don't need to kill yourself or hurt yourself. Call me, bro. I will fucking do whatever it takes to help you. So my buddies in my phone Facebook know that. Because I live at, I live literally 5,000 plus friends or whatever. I'm down to 300 right now because I wonder, I just want to clean that up because I'm like, most of these people just connected with me because they wanted to be connected to me. They don't really know me. They don't really care about me. They're not really helping me in my business or anything. They just want, nah, I ain't got time for that shit anymore. So I just cleaned up my stuff. Now my LinkedIn profile, I still got a lot of people because I might need something from somebody in that very arena or whatever. So I kept them because it's important. But you guys out there just, and, and the other thing too, FYI, don't post stupid on your social media 
or if you get out of the military about your leadership or whatever, but because they do book screens on every they hire nowadays. They your social media thing to see what type of person you are so they can see what type of employee you may be. And if you're bad mouthing your, your sergeant, well, your sergeant's your leader. And, that, and the people that know that sergeants are leaders, that means you're bad mouthing your boss. Well, I'm hiring this guy who's bad mouthing his boss on social media because I don't need that shit in my company. So you're hurting yourself, shooting yourself in the foot already. So clean your shit up, delete all those posts, get it cleaned up, and then just be, you know, a human being on Facebook or whatever, you know? Social media. Social media. There's a word for that I found out. There's a oh, word yeah? for that. <laughs> Educate yeah, yeah. me, Boone. <laughs> it's called be likable. Yeah. Be likable. Because, you know, unless you're in sort of like, okay, I do different types of media and some of it does get political and so, you know, but that's the media side. Okay. And I do that for a reason. On my private page, my personal page, it's for the most part, it's, you know, it, it's rainbows and teddy bears. You know, yeah, I, I never, I never badmouth anybody. Don't, I don't even bring politics over there. It's not the place for it. You know, I have so much of it going on in other places, you know, but your Facebook page and your social media, the bottom line is if you're out there and you're growing and you're building your network, you have to be as likable as you can to as many people possible. Write that down. Be as likable as you likeable, can to as many people possible. He's 100% dead serious guys. Seriously. We're not saying go on there and fit up. We're just saying, don't go on there and be bashing people and make it look you have, like right now, all the race stuff going on. I don't care what color you are, all right? I base my, that's just based on character, not color. I don't give a shit what color your skin is, but the point is there are people out there right now that are taking advantage of all these situations because they're those type of people, all right? I don't let anybody, like I have people on my Facebook page that put political, I don't even respond to it, I don't like it, I don't comment on it, just let it go. I just move it down the page, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, your point of view is, but I don't comment on it because it connects me to that comment, and you see where I'm going with that? Even if I say something opposite of it, it's still connecting me to the original comment. You follow me? And when people see it or they look at it, it, it can give them an image of me. So I just ignore it and move on. I just, I don't, I, hey, whoop, whoop, you're good to go. Move on. So just be careful on social media, because I tell this to my daughters right now, 14, 13, 14. Be careful, because later on in your life, when you apply for college, they're going to look at your Facebook page. I'm saying that they're going to see what you're doing on social media, on, on your Snapchat, whatever. So be careful. You know what I'm saying? So just be careful out there, guys, and use it. Like you said, be receptive and be likable so that way people want to reach out to you about what's going on with you. Because then you might get them. You get a LinkedIn profile, you build it out. And I'm going to like us have a LinkedIn expert come on to you, how to build out your profile, how you can set everything up so you're more attractive people out there looking for certain things. So I he get that thing set up. Boone, it has been fabulous having you on, man. I can't, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate you taking it, bro. I know you're a busy man. And I'm hoping your followers and your veterans out there that go on the show and really like to kind of get involved with the show so we can make sure because I'm I'm taking any veterans. I don't care what their veteran status. I got I try to get you on because I know you have a more of a public image. I really had any veterans that wanted to get on. I was in the vet entrepreneur tribe and I said, Hey, I got this podcast. I need veterans veterans come on and talk about listen, it's about I don't know what branch you are, what case you are, what none of that matters to me. What matters is we're just your veterans, fellow soldiers and veterans. That's it. I mean, in the end, that's what my life is about. Is paying it forward and taking care of my fellow vets that live in my community so they're okay, their things are all right. So those who have to listen, and then I listen, Boone, take pen and paper and take notes. That's true. You should be doing that. But at the end of this, on Boone's episode when it's launched, all the stuff will be in the page. So you'll see all the stuff, the website he talked about, the book he talked about. My team will catch all that, put it up on that page so you can find that on the link. This will be shared with Boone so he can put it out on his networks and let his people know he's on the show. But thank you so much for taking the time, brother. It means a lot to me. So thank you for being on. Hey, my pleasure. Can I give a final parting word? Of course, bro. Yeah. Okay, I, this is more important than guys realize, and that is your health. I know there's going to be some medications that you're on a lot of times, and, and you may come to the place that those medications aren't working, and you find out it's not happening for you. I was on a lot of medications. Here's what, and I've done everything. I mean, literally, I've done everything. There are some new stuff that's come out recently I haven't done, but I know that regular exercise, a low sugar diet, reduce inflammation in the body. Cannabinoids, all cannabinoids, not talking just THC, I'm talking about CBD, CBN, CBG, all different cannabinoids. They help with a lot of different things. So, you know, I'm a firm believer in staying active, having a, you know, whatever. I have to modify my exercise so much because of injuries. It's ridiculous, but I still do it. I mean, there's things I can't do with my left arm, period. It's not going to happen. There's things I can't do because my back and my knees, just not going to happen. You've got to be creative and find a way around that. Maybe running isn't your thing anymore. Fine, start yoga. You may think it's wimpy, but it's not. Okay, that shit just ain't no joke. Shit ain't no okay. joke. Yoga ain't no joke because I just started doing it and I'm like, holy flipsmas. 
That shit, I got sweat dripping off my nose from that shit. <laughs> yeah, you got to adjust to this environment. You want to have a PT program that is sustainable and it has to be sustainable with the injuries that you have and get on a low sugar diet. That's very, very important. Supplements, that's all great. And if you can, you know, I'll tell you what's worked for me. Stem cells, I had stem cell therapy down in Panama. Best thing I could have done, my heart was given out. I was supposed to be dead by last April. Stem cells work. Cannabinoids work. Human growth hormone works. All hormone replacement works. If you get out and you have not had your hormones checked, you need to do that because on active duty, we go through certain things. Our endocrine system starts to shut down and get funky. The hormones go, you're going to go. You're not going to have any energy. You're going to have a bad attitude. Everything's going to be jacked up. So make sure you get your hormones checked. That's one of the first things you need to do. And if you need supplementation, please get supplementation. That's a good place to start. I've got a new book coming out called BCPs, Boone Color Protocols. And it's all the different medical stuff I've been through, my story, what didn't work and what does work. And so I'll make sure you get a copy of that when it comes out. But Well, yeah. well we'll put the yeah. ladder there too. So Boone will let information those guys, even if it's not, it'll be on the Veterans Be Real podcast webpage later on when Boone does get that linked up. We'll make sure he's in there in the sponsor page. I'm going to have a sponsor spot. So you guys will be able to go to our webby time and you'll be able to follow for tipping, 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 all this stuff with Boone. Me and him are going to talk after the show, but I'm going to line all that up. So anything you need from Boone, anything you think you can need support for, he'll be on our page on veteransbereal.com. So just go there, check out. There's all Boone's contact stuff for his book and all the other stuff. Ways to reach out to him at Tipping Point, checking out all the show stuff. You guys have all access to that, I promise you. Boone is an excel veteran, guys. He's through hell and back. But he's always advocated to take care of veterans. None of us are getting fucked, fucked over. So he does everything he can. And he'll put his foot out there. He'll put put his, his put everything out there in front of him. He'll take the bullet. You know, he's one of those kind of vets slam. He'll take the bullet for the vet just to make sure that I don't get screwed over. That's the kind of guy he is. He is. That's why he's been important in my life, important in a lot of veterans' lives. And he's in Reno doing all that shit. And I, he has got influence there, guys. I mean, he has made himself viable and usable to all the veterans in that community. There's a big community of veterans in, in that area. I know there is. I've been down there. So big deal. Thanks for having me on the show, brother. Oh, you're the bro. I appreciate you. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Hope you all got something out of this podcast today. Please tell a battle buddy about us and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at www.veteransbereal.com. Support us because we got your back. Till next time, everyone. I'm out of here. Ooh.